0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: Aaron Judge finally made history last night. What is going on in Mile High with the Denver Broncos? And a drought was ended by the most unlikely hero. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
0: searching all major sports found let's start with the biggest story
1: aaron judge has done it 62 home runs he led off the game in a doubleheader against the texas rangers with the record setting blast the record that roger marisch junior says is the official home run record i think people are going to disagree on that one but reasonable people can disagree about it, it is the American League record in what will be remembered as a historic season for Aaron Judge. Joining me now from Locked On Yankees, Stacey Gitsulius, and Stacey, we have been tracking this for weeks. We even flagged this in June or July that this could be in play here. So, how do you put a season like this into perspective?
0: It's it's kind of hard to right now because it's so fresh because it literally only happened two hours ago right. and. <laughs> It's just the the timing of it happening when it did after he rejects the contract and free agencies coming up. And it's just one of those walk years that uh, any other player would dream of. I mean, it's just been the best walk year
1: in sports history.
0: Yeah, (laughs) because you have some guys who have really bad walk years and other guys who are like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to show you what I can do. And I mean, this is going to make every team in baseball want him really.
1: From a, a Yankees perspective, from a this season perspective, part of me feels like in order for us to to look back on the magnitude of this season, the historical context, we kind of have to wait to see what happens over the next month, don't we? Like if, if he does this and they go in the World Series, this is going to be one of, even if he doesn't break the record, which he's not going to do, th- not Barry Bonds' record, this is going to go, this could go down as the best season ever if they go on to win the World Series.
0: Right. Yeah, that would be amazing because, you know, obviously his 62 so far home runs played a big role in what the Yankees were doing this season. And he's just amazing to watch. And it's not just the home runs. It's the 311 batting average that he has also and just how he's changed his game a bit. And, you know, the pitchers who are pitching to him the last week, you know, people are going to point out that, you know, he had, I think it was eight walks. Few of them intentional, seven strikeouts. His average was down and he wasn't really doing much, but these guys were coming after him. And then he just tonight, after not doing well in the first game of the doubleheader, gets it out of the way on a 1 1 pitch in the first inning. And the relief on his face when he crossed the, the plate was something to see.
1: The other thing about, about what was going on over the last two weeks when he could not get that that next one, the record breaker, and he's getting walked a lot. Obviously, these pitchers don't want to give up that shot, and he's just that good a player. He's been on that kind of run this season. Once the postseason starts, you can't give up base runners like that. You can't just give away at-bats. I think it's fair to think that he could go on a little bit of a run here in the postseason, right? Because pitchers are going to have to pitch to him.
0: Yep. There's no, you can't, he leads off usually, you know, that's the thing now, Um, Boone has put him in the leadoff spot and, you know, he's liking it there. And it's kind of strange to see a guy hit that many home home
1: runs in the
0: leadoff spot. spot. Yeah. This is something (laughs) you've never seen before. It's unbelievable, but yeah, teams are going to have to pitch to him and they're just going to have to deal with him.
1: How do you think the lineup around him is going to be able to not, not protect him necessarily because the leadoff batter, you you always want to get out. That's part of the deal. But Giancarlo Stanton all of a sudden starting to find his bat a little bit too. How can they help protect him behind it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Boone crafts the lineup because tonight he had Stanton behind him. Other lineups you know, Stanton's a little bit further down because that used to be, it was the three, four kind of combo there with Judge and Stanton and seeing him in the leadoff spot. There've been a lot of different people slotted behind him. And yeah, it's going to be really um, something to see how Boone works that for Judge because I don't see him leaving the leadoff spot. He's just doing too well there.
1: Stay up to date all postseason on the New York Yankees by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Yankees podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what is going on in the Mile High City? Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with the NFL season in full swing. You are heavily invested in the ebbs and flows of your fantasy football team, no doubt. I've taken a couple unfortunate L's. And I already use Sleeper to play fantasy football, but that's not all sleeper lets you do they have integrated an over unders game right into the fantasy platform you already use it is so easy to give yourself a little something extra to put a little some some on those sports stakes that we know you have If you're playing fantasy football we know you have them you're listening to this show in any sport choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or the under on a statistical projection for them. For example, rushing yards for running backs or points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you wanna enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you win two times, over 20 times the money you put in. It's that easy. And it's all in an app you're already using. And if you're not using it, you should be. Sleeper is the best way to play fantasy sports. And now that they've got this over-under built in, throw it in the group chat. There's a chat feature right in Sleeper where you can talk your talk and you can join our group. Sleeper.com slash locked on today. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash locked on today. And you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The Kenny Pickett era is officially here. The Pittsburgh Steelers listed their 2022 first-round draft pick as the starter on the depth chart ahead of Mitch Trubisky for Sunday's game at Buffalo to take on the Bills. While he acknowledges Mitch Trubisky's play was part of his decision, Mike Tomlin points out it is not the only part.
2: Quarterback position, we made a change in game, um, and Kenny will start this week. Mitch's performance was a component of the decision, but not the only component of the decision. And I just wanna be really clear there. Um, oftentimes, the quarterback position gets too much credit, too much blame. Um, we haven't moved the ball fluidly enough to our liking. Um, we hadn't put enough points on the board. The quarterback is a component of that, but, but not the only component. We've all got to absorb um, the responsibility that comes with what we, are, what we haven't done, particularly in that phase. Include myself and starting with myself. And so um, when you make a quarterback change, you, you're really sensitive uh, to that component of it because I don't want to dump the responsibility of what transpired at, at Mitch's feet.
1: Portland Thorns owner, Merritt Paulson, and Chicago Red Stars owner, Arnhem Whistler, are both stepping away from decision-making roles with their respective National Women's Soccer League clubs until the findings are released from an ongoing investigation into numerous reports of sexual misconduct and abuse around the league. In a statement, Paulson wrote, Yesterday's Yates report unveiling was the darkest day I have experienced, and I know the same is true for everyone else who loves our team and our league, Paulson said. I know it was even harder and darker for those whose stories were shared publicly. I cannot apologize enough for our role in a gross, systematic failure to protect player safety and the missteps we made in 2015. I am truly sorry. The league is still evaluating the findings of that Yates report. What we know so far is deeply, deeply troubling. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor could be a game-time decision on Thursday night. Taylor is hopeful he'll be able to play against the Denver Broncos despite suffering a badly twisted right ankle in Sunday's loss to the Tennessee Titans. Taylor was wearing a boot on his right lower leg during Tuesday's light practice, during which he was a spectator. Taylor is not at risk for further injury based on what team doctors have apparently told Coach Frank Reich. Taylor added that a turf toe injury that limited him during practice last week has improved robert sarver is apparently selling the nba's phoenix suns and WNBA's phoenix mercury investment bank officials who have managed the sale of professional sports franchises told espn that they expect the transaction's final price to set a record it'll be the highest price ever paid for an nba team one investment bank official said Josai bought the Brooklyn Nets for an NBA record $2.35 billion in 2019. Prior to that sale, the Houston Rockets were purchased for a $2.2 billion sticker price in 2017. And Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers for $2 billion in 2014. A fully executed sale of the team could take six to nine months. Team Sources said
0: another story you need to know.
1: Russell Wilson had the best game of his young career in Denver on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders, but the Denver Broncos fell 23 to 32. They are now two and two on the season. Not exactly the start. A lot of Broncos fans were looking for when the Broncos made the blockbuster trade to go get Russell Wilson. So to help me figure out what is going wrong in the Mile High City, Cody, who is in the Mile High City, Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos. And, Cody, let's let's just state it plainly. What has gone wrong so far to put the Broncos in this position?
3: Well, you know, Peter, I would say that the main thing is is we are seeing a brand-new team, a new regime, a new head coach, a new quarterback, and a new offensive system that he's never played in trying to figure out how to mesh together here through four weeks of the season. And you you're spot on. Like when the Broncos initially traded for Russell Wilson, the expectation was wow. Okay. Week one, the Broncos is going to be super bowl contenders where <laughs> I told listeners of the show, Hey, let's exercise caution here for a moment. It is a new system. It is a brand new environment for Russell Wilson, or he has to get acclimated to new players. New players have to get acclimated to him and it could take some time. Like don't be surprised if the offense gets off to a slow start. Well, you know what has happened? They've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start in terms of production. Now, the first couple of weeks, I mean, Peter, they got, they fumbled the ball at the one yard line twice against the Seattle Seahawks. And then they were, they had no issue moving the ball downfield against the Seahawks week two, had no issue moving the ball down the field against the Texans. And once again, penalties and just mistakes set them backwards. Week three, you know, once again, it's 49ers. They played a legitimate defense. And as you know, I mean, covering the NFC yourself, Peter, that is a legitimate defense right now. They're playing good, but they struggled on the offensive side of the ball once again until Russ kind of had some vintage Russ in him in that fourth quarter. Well, week four against the Las Vegas Raiders, the Broncos offense didn't have any issues in the first half moving the ball. It was the third quarter where they only had 18 total yards of offense. but. It's a snowball effect. The biggest issue, Peter, with the Broncos so far in their two and two start, it's been the offense, self-inflicted wounds. Denver's had to play many long field situations, second and long, third and long. Heck, against the Raiders. They even had a first and thirty in this game. They were even oh, no. able to score on that drive, which is crazy enough. But turnovers have been something that have hurt them, and it hasn't been Russell Wilson. Melvin Gordon fumbled the ball against the Raiders. It was returned all the way for a touchdown when Denver was driving down the field. And the momentum is real, Peter, in the NFL. And unfortunately, you know, the ball has not gone the Broncos way in four games. But you know what? They're lucky to be sitting at two and two right now. I have a feeling that things are going to get better. But like I've told Broncos country, it could take some time.
1: You didn't tell them to let's ride after that? <laughs>
3: fans are, you know, fans, the new thing now, like when Denver loses, the thing is let's cry. That's, that's one of the new ones. So I'm kind of like that. I'm
1: mad. I didn't think of that and I should have opened the segment with that. (laughs) So we also, speaking of crying, Javante Williams, who uh, a, a young potential star running back for the Broncos, he is out with what is a serious, serious knee injury, multiple ligament tears in that knee Um, And and is not going to play this season. The aforementioned Melvin Gordon, we assume, is going to get the lion's share of those carries. So in an offense that's still trying to figure this all out and now down one of your best playmakers, how do they find some more consistency and continuity? Is it a matter of trying to get the ball to some of their other playmakers? How do they make this work, Cody?
3: Well, you know, Peter, it has to go with the run game. They had to find a way to get it going, which even with Javante Williams, they've struggled, I'd say, through the first four weeks of getting the run game going consistently. And they really struggled against the 49ers to move the ball and against the Raiders. They could not run on the right side. And I'd say that's really probably the biggest issue right now with the Broncos is since week one, I mean, they had Quinn Miners, their starting right guard, go out with a hamstring injury he missed last week. He, you know, he's missed weeks one through three at this point and four. And he's questionable for Thursday night football. He's a big part of their Success that they had in week one initially before he had the injury. And then at right tackle, still have not seen Billy Turner after the Broncos had signed him. He's trying to work his way back. He's been limited in practice the last couple of days, has yet to make his season debut. They've been rolling with Cam Fleming, who has been very rough in pass protection. He's been rough trying to set up the run to where the Broncos have to put extra tight ends next to him against guys like Matt Crosby, and he's still coming home free. So I'd say that when the Broncos have been limited to being able to only run to the left side, I mean, Peter, that's a huge issue. Defenses try to force you to do that and they take away some of your options and that's simply what happened against the Las Vegas Raiders. Stay up to date all year on the Denver Broncos by subscribing to Locked On
1: Sports today in the Locked On Broncos podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, it was an unlikely hero that sent the Mariners into the postseason. If you haven't tried Bill Bar Puffs yet, why? You're depriving yourself of one of life's great pleasures. They are unbelievable and the latest new flavor the cookie dough puff is to die for it is a daily indulgence of mine that I don't have to feel like is an indulgence it's not because I'm not giving anything up that's the best part it tastes incredible it is so easy to eat in fact I have been stocking these in my pantry for weeks the cookie dough chunk puff and the uh, brownie batter puff and I just had to grab something on the go when I was playing golf the other day, and I grabbed, uh, let's say, a different brand of bar, and I was like, what is this? It was tough to eat, it was tough to swallow, I needed liquids just to get it down, it didn't taste as good as what I am used to eating every day. Thank goodness I am home right now, and I can enjoy my Built Chunk Puffs all to myself. It's a wonderful thing. 160 calories in the cookie dough chunk puff, but 15 grams of protein. And it tastes like something you will crave. I crave them. So why not go to built.com and use the promo code lox 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15%. 21 years is a long time. In fact, the Seattle Mariners playoff drought is so old it could legally consume alcohol. Something its fans have probably done from time to time at the end of seasons, wondering if they will ever get back to the promised land. Many of them have probably forgotten what playoff baseball even feels like. As Ty Dane Gonzalez and Colby Patton out of Locked On Mariners Elate, a most unlikely hero, ended the longest playoff drought in baseball.
4: We're here, folks. We are here right now. It is so nice to be on the show right now talking about a playoff team for the first time in 21 years we're talking about a damn playoff team let's go baby let's go call me you were there at the ballpark (laughs) on friday things worked out perfectly they worked out exactly how we wanted them to the orioles win against the yankees and it's all up to the mariners to win this game and of course they couldn't have. They couldn't blow out the A's. You know, eight nothing. Couldn't have. You know, blown them out ten nothing. Whatever. Had to be a one-one game, and the bottom of the ninth. And at that moment, I'm thinking, all right, Mitch is gonna do it. Okay, Mitch doesn't do it. All right, Carlos Santana, this guy who's been to the playoffs before, he's had some big home runs in the past. He's gonna end it. Nope. Not Carlos Santana. Well, here comes Cal Raleigh. <laughs> and
3: on off a the three- bench.
4: Off the bench. Pinch hitting for Luis Torrens, And on a 3-2 count after sitting fastball for most of the at-bat, mm-hmm. gets a slider down and out of the zone and drives it all the way off the windows of the Hit It Here Cafe to end the drought with an exclamation point. 15 exclamation points. This is why we cheer.
1: This is why we are sports fans. Because you know, even if you are a long-suffering fan, years, decades in this case, at some point, and this is the hope you have to sell yourself on, at some point, the drought will be over. At some point, the dam will break. And you will be back and it will make it that much sweeter. And in those moments, there is that relief, that elation. And that is why we love sports. In some ways, we love sports for the struggle too. For the downs, the slog, trying to figure out how to get the team back on track. And there are some fans out there who prefer it that way. They want their team to be underdogs. They want to be the scrappy team that's fighting to get to the top of the mountain even if they don't get there for a long, long time. These moments, these moments of catharsis, of release, when you finally get to say, my team is back in the postseason. My team is back in a winning position. That is why we're sports fans. And finally, the two best players in baseball, well, certainly two of the top players in baseball, both play for the LA Angels. Yet for the eighth straight season, the Angels aren't playing playoff baseball. For Mike Trout, arguably the best player baseball has ever seen, it's getting a little frustrating to think about. I've answered these questions for the last few years, so it's tough for me, Trout said. In this game, as a personal standpoint, You're going to fail a lot at the plate. Make mistakes. The season has been frustrating. It's not where we want to be, but I've been talking to the guys trying to change this thing. We're doing everything we can with a change in ownership on deck. It's fair to wonder how long it will take for things to change in Anaheim. They are hoping it doesn't take 21 years. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, which horse will emerge victorious on Thursday night? The Broncos? or the Colts. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.